Welcome to the APM podcast. APM is a chartered body for the project profession. Hi, my name is Mike Hine, online editor for APM's Project Journal, and I'll be hosting this episode. Our topic today is project data analytics. As with many new digital technologies, the terminology surrounding project data analytics can be confusing or off-putting to busy project professionals. However, as we'll discover, the potential of project data analytics is huge. And there are several ways you, as a project professional, can begin to harness the practical benefits today. So what are some of these benefits? And how can you begin to develop better project data discipline within your organisation? To find out more about the opportunities and pitfalls, I spoke to a series of experts from across industry, academia and beyond. They spoke about how past data can be used to predict future performance, what kind of data is valuable, and how the role of the project professional might change as greater automation is rolled out within projects. First, I spoke with Naomi Brooks, Professor of Complex Program Management at WMG University of Warwick. Her interest in project data analytics began around five years ago, when researchers at the university had gathered together a data set from across Europe of large project performance. They were looking for a technique to match characteristics to performance, which could then be used predictively. Naomi is also the author of a recent APM Pathfinder report, Project Data Analytics, the State of the Art and Science, which provides a concise overview of the topic and its key concepts. Naomi, thanks for joining us. I'd like to start by asking you to define project data analytics. Yeah, sure. Um, Project data analytics is the use of past data in present project delivery decision making. So it's about using what's happened in the past to make better decisions in future? Well, uh, using what's happened in the past, let's say using data, because that data um, could be almost contemporaneous. So when we say the past, I don't necessarily mean, you know, something you did 20 years ago. It could be something if, if we can really reach the true potential of real time analysis that has only just happened. So I guess maybe I'm going to change my definition slightly there and saying using data about things that have happened to inform our decision making and project delivery. Is the most recent data therefore the most important? You you can't make that association because there are all sorts of levels of hierarchy of decisions within projects and different sorts of decisions are going to demand different sorts of data. And why is it important to be increasing the prevalence of project data analytics? Is this one solution to boost the success rates of projects overall? Yeah, I mean, that is the perennial problem, isn't it? Um, When you look over the past 30 years, um, look at surveys like the Standish Survey, look anywhere at performance of projects, and we still see um, these performance difficulties. Now, I don't think we ought to beat ourselves up too much about this because doing projects is difficult and if it was easy we would all be doing it but every tool that we can grasp every bit of understanding um, that we can gain we ought to pursue because it will um, enable us to do that bit better. Can you clear up some of the confusion around the different terminology used when referring to these new digital technologies? One of the key challenges we actually have is all understanding what we mean when we talk about these new digital technologies Um, because I think terms like AI get banded around without anybody really having a precise idea of what they mean when they use it and that has a knock-on effect in on our ability to actually understand and implement these technologies 
because some of them are years away and some of them are here but the failure to understand what we're actually talking about affects our ability to actually implement and change our performance currently so if we're thinking around artificial intelligence which i think a lot of people use um, that term is a really loaded term and i i met a great guy at a, a conference for lawyers believe it or not and and he was talking about ai actually is just programming and it is so let's strip it of its mystique and let's remember when we're talking about artificial intelligence we are just talking about programming now when i talk about artificial intelligence i'm actually talking about a system or an object or an entity which has intelligence not only to understand and analyze but to actually make a difference to the real world to do something in the real world so that's a very very um ambitious uh kind of capability that my one might want for entities and projects i mean to get to artificial intelligence we probably could get to the point then when we don't need project managers but that is miles and miles away because what we can't do properly yet actually is understand project performance and that's going to be a foundation for any of these higher levels of um, computer automation that we're actually trying to to bring in so where we are at the moment really is understanding how data can help us make decisions about performance and i think that's where we need to be concentrating our effort on for some there's still a feeling that ai machine learning and similar concepts are quite futuristic and far away why do you think that might be we have um, people who might be using those terminologies actually to confuse people rather than, than to enlighten them so um but but a lot of those those um, terms are actually very close and are here now. Um, so if we're talking about machine learning, we're simply talking about algorithms, computer algorithms that can spot patterns. So they can spot patterns between inputs and outputs. So that's that's the crudest kind of definition of a machine learning algorithm out. Now, if we pick that up and take it and place it in the world of projects, what does it do for us? Well, it helps us because it says wherever you've got a situation where you've got a lot of data and you've got an output and you've got lots of input points about characteristics of that, you can start to understand and analyse that data and start to work out why you got the performance you did. And once you've got that, it's not a big step to actually use those inputs predictably. So that you know that, well, if it's like this, then probably it's going to perform like this. And that starts to be an incredibly useful tool in the um, arsenal that we have already got and have had for very many years around project controls and project estimating. What are some of the challenges around greater cross-organisational or cross-sector sharing of project data? I think um, we have enough challenge in actually trying to um, use data within our own organisations, first of all. So that for me, um, of course, there's, you know, eyes on the prize. There is um, advantage and gain that be, can be created through sharing project data across organisations. But the barriers to doing that in terms of both the definitional barriers 
um, you know, what is a project, what is a start date, what is a finish date? These are not trivial questions, believe it or not. Um, and I think the, the ultimate one, which we haven't really sorted out yet, kind of pre-statistical pre one, which is, you know, is it actually fair to compare this orange with this apple? And, and that kind of reference class idea hasn't been worked up enough. So for me, um, there are large difficulties associated with using data across organisations at the moment. And I think organisations ought to begin by putting their own house in order. Projects have been generating huge quantities of data for a long time. The challenge is making better use of that data. So how can the project profession approach that challenge? I don't think much more is required than us to have proper training around the systems that we currently use. I really don't. I, you, you, let's think about the kind of um, ad hoc way that I would imagine most of our organisations use Primavera then. And I doubt that there will have been a well thought through and systematic review across anybody who actually comes to use it um, in terms of what an organisation wants them to do. So that the, we're, we're not looking at fancy skills, we're just looking at organisations um, taking their data entry seriously and just thinking, well, what is it that we want everybody who interacts with this system to know how to do or to know what is important? So it's about doing the basics well rather than getting carried away. And, and, and the question as to why the basics are not being done well. So, I mean, we've gone now already in our conversation from talking about um, computer algorithms to the good old fashioned garbage in, garbage out, which is as true now as it has ever been. And that the first steps along this journey to making much more nuanced and intelligent use of data are just around basic data discipline. How can organisations boost their data discipline? Well, I think, first of all, acknowledge it's important, the importance of data. And maybe you have to go a step back from that, which is that um, you have to celebrate decision making made on data and not on gut feel. Do you think there is a need for a specific data oriented professional role within the project space? Well, I mean, we've got one already, haven't we? Because we've got project management or programme management offices who act as this kind of repository for control information. So there are functions there which are all about currently um, getting data in on projects and reporting it. We, we need to understand the relationship between project managers and project controls. So this relationship underpins project delivery. And if the power goes too far either way, you end up with um, a suboptimal situation because you've either got all the power with project managers who are just going to deliver without necessarily using the vast amount of information or data that's ready and available there, or you have an overly pedantic project control um, function which kind of stimmies any form of, of agility because of the way that the nature that they're demanding data. So before I suppose we embark upon data maturity, gosh, this is getting a bit like, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, and we're getting back to the dinosaurs, I think, actually. Um, there's this relationship between project delivery and project control, and you need to think through that and sort that out. Finally, which sectors are leading the way on project data analytics? There are lots of sectors which take data seriously, which may not take their project data as seriously yet. 
and I'm thinking particularly, uh, so I'm, I'm tangentially answering your question here, Mike. I'm thinking particularly about the aerospace sector, which since um, time was invented, have always realized that data is important as component because one cannot sell component with the data about that component's history. So we do see organizations where data is taken seriously. Now, the next jump though in that kind of, and the same would probably be true for nuclear safety as well, but that, that next step to not only taking data seriously, but project data seriously, is one that is, um, there are not that many organizations yet who are mature enough to do that. So ending on a note of cautious optimism then, Oh, no, I think I think I want to go a bit more than cautious optimism, because um, what I haven't spoken about is that this kind of discipline that we're talking about is free of charge. Actually using your systems properly costs you nothing. And in fact, using properly could actually cost you less because you don't actually gather data on stuff you don't need then. So what these what this this kind of foundations of data is saying is do it properly, you'll do it cheaper, and then you'll get data that you can really learn something from. To find out a bit more about the use of project data within a large organisation, I spoke with Oliver Cowie and Samir Patel from defence technology giant BAE Systems. Oliver is a project controls manager within the head office of BAE Systems. His role includes developing an understanding of what skills are going to be required in the future for both project controls and the wider project function then helping to translate that into activities to make the function ready for the future. In that vein, project data analytics is a key interest area for the business and Oliver personally. Samir, meanwhile, is head of data within BAE Systems' Office of the Chief Information Officer. His focus is looking across the company at how it can improve the quality, availability and use of data in the pursuit of ever-increasing efficiency and effectiveness. That includes looking at the technology stack needed to enable data standards and then support people like Oliver with the deployment of that into individual, functional and program areas. Samir, where do you see the potential value in project data analytics for BAE systems? So there's value in in our data uh, on our programs from a number of different perspectives. Some of that is just a simple case of reducing the time and work that gets spent into generating reporting information. But more importantly, is being able to use that data to generate insights, not just into what's happening on the programme today that might not be otherwise apparent, but beginning to look at what is going to happen in the future um, at a time when it's possible to take action. Um, we all know that things are much easier to easier and cheaper to resolve uh, early, and the data is that opportunity to, to create that insight at a time we can exploit it. And Oliver, what data-specific skill sets do project managers need to develop? It's important to recognise that traditionally um, the PM skill set has been, um, and especially the project control skill set, has been quite transactional in its in its approach. Um, and I think as we move towards more of a, a data-driven um, and autonomous uh project delivery model, um, which is everything is indicating that that is the way the world is working. Um, individuals in projects are going to need to develop a, a broader skill set in the understanding of the data and what it's telling them, how they can manipulate it and present it, um, because a lot of that transactional um, activity will be automated 
and that that's what we're uh, we've kind of identified and we know that that's the direction in it, it's moving so when we're talking about skills for the future for um, pms and project control individuals um, it's around um, understanding how where and how data comes to them what they can do with it what it's telling them how they can pre how they can put it into a, a better format and and to give them that insight into what the project's going to do in the future, making it less reactional uh, and more predictive and proactive in their approach. What kind of disciplines are relevant here? Would that include things like data science, software engineering? I think that's I think that's a really good question because um, getting that understanding of the level of depth that they're going to need within data and, and analytics is really important um, and it's part of the work we're doing at the moment with um, with a cross-industry task force led by a company called Projecting Success. Um, to, we're sponsoring a, a skills work stream which is trying to identify um, those, those level of skills that individuals will need because we know that data awareness is going to be broad brush, everyone's going to need it, not just from a project management perspective but right through the organisation in all functional areas. So that's that's key to on the to start the journey in that in that respect to get everyone data literate, um, and it's a lot of the work I'm doing with Samir um, and the and the, the central um, functions to to create that that awareness of data. But the actual lower level, what are you going to need in your day job to be able to be um, competent and in 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 a data um, project data role? Is, is some of the work we're still going through at the moment. Samir, what are some difficulties with identifying high quality data within an organization of the scale of BAE systems? So some of that, a lot of that is about the consistency of data across different areas. Um, it is natural that everyone has different preferences, different tendencies in how they capture um, information that is ostensibly similar. Um, and none of those are right, none of them are wrong. And to a human eye casting, um, looking at different data sets, they can look very similar. But as we try and bring this data together digitally, small differences in the format, the structure can uh, will, will throw up problems. So things like even at simple levels, being clear about the currency being used, um, the, the format of dates um, become an issue in those data formats. The other part then is to an individual program, there's all the data that program wants and uses itself, but they will start wanting to draw on data from other areas that can come from HR systems to understand the skills and talent that's available to support the program. It might come from your customer management system around requirements and being able to make those different data sets compatible uh, to facilitate the analysis is, is a permanent challenge because to the program manager, you don't want to spend your time cleaning data, sorting out data formats. You just want to be able to tap into it. So it's about stripping out some of the waste and ensuring that the data that is left is of a high quality and can make a difference? Absolutely. There are, there are benchmarks um, across the industry that, that say that 60 to 80% of time on data projects is spent finding, cleaning and preparing data for analysis. The, the art of good data management and governance is to cut into that time um, so that we can spend more of our time working out what that data what that data is telling us um, and what we can do to make an impact. 
Oliver, how do you see the project manager's role evolving as less time needs to be spent trying to clean and make sense of data? Yeah, so I think, as, as you say, um, a lot of time at the moment is, is spent with um, trying to understand the data, having a look at um, what it what it's trying to tell us and, the, and the, trying to do that anal analysis from several different data sources, um, all the different forms of data, because our projects and programs produce vast amounts of, of data behind them. Um, but what, what we need to be able to do is use that to throw it forward to, to predict the future of these projects. And that will mean that the PM um, community can make proactive decisions before uh, these, these issues impact. So I think a lot of time at the moment is we do get, um, we do get tripped up by things that uh, we get late signals on or they start to, they start to impact us um, and then we have to react. So the kind of the approach with, with trying to harness that data and analytic, analytic capability is going to mean that the PM and the project control community can put in place measures and actions that are going to make sure that those issues are caught a lot sooner. They're already predicted that that will happen in the future, so they can spend a lot more time ironing out the kinks in the road um, rather than chasing around fighting fires. Projects using APM's definition are unique, transient endeavours. So does that make it difficult to compare them? I would look at that from two two perspectives. The first is purely from within the, the lens of one single project, which, as you say, it's unique, it, it's time-bound. However, for larger programmes, um, such as some of ours, that, that can be time-bound over a period of many years. Um, that still provides opportunity to look at uh, what's going on um, in, the, in the real world against the plans, understand discrepancies and bring that to, to the attention of the, the programme team sooner than would otherwise be the case. Um, I sort of relate a little bit like that to you know, your own car and how you look after that as a way we're moving as a world away from you just change things every 10,000 miles to more predictive uh, view where your car is tracking how it's performing and some of the sensors when you take it to the service it the garage can download all of that information and we do a lot of that on some of our programs um, to, to look at the the performance of the platform and understand what maintenance requires and uh, maintenance is required ahead of time the the other side is whilst all programs are unique there are elements of commonality across those um, and whilst I'm not a program management professional, I think that's a lot of why organisations like APM exist for, which is to understand those common factors across projects in terms of what levels of contingency, for example, would be appropriate, how much float would you expect to have in a schedule. And whilst you wouldn't necessarily want to compare against all projects of all types everywhere in the world, within your organisation, you'll be able to identify a certain class of projects as being sufficiently similar to be able to pull out those transit indicators um, and be able to use, therefore, data from other projects to help your own. It's that, it's that project similarity, um, uh, creating, creating that, that data pool to be able to give those indicators um, and pooling past performance on similar projects. As, as Samir says, that, that's going to be the key for because for, for, the more data 
points you have in that, um, the hopefully the better the indicator is going to be um, and, and give you more insight going forwards. So yeah, it's, they, are, they are unique endeavours as, as per the descriptor, um, but there's so much similarity in a lot of what we do um, and we run so many projects concurrently um, that there is, there is similarity between them that we can actually harness. Finally, how do you see things developing with respect to sharing data between organisations in your sector? There will be a lot more of that um, as we go forward. Um, even just from an individual programme, you've got data sharing with your customer, with your through the supply chain as well, because that, that's all common data. Um, and, and as you say, across the industry as well for, for similar programmes. There's a technical aspect to that, to that in terms of the data standard so that when you receive data from another organization you it's in a format you understand you you appreciate the limitations of that data in terms of its data quality um, how complete it is how accurate it is and so on um, as well as the specific technical standards that that, that data falls into there are also intellectual property, commercial sensitivity factors to be thought about as well, in terms of what data is being shared, what it can be used for, uh, making sure the data is appropriately tagged with, with the metadata that describes that, um, so that everybody's uh, commercial uh, interests can be protected. Um, and, and as ever in that, the contracts will cover so far, but trust between organisations will be the the real enabler to, to that. Next up, we heard from John McGlynn, Project Delivery Director for Atkins, a global engineering, design and project management consultancy, more than 50,000 employees, involved in some of the world's most challenging and demanding projects. John was also Chair of APM from 2016 to 2020 and remains heavily involved in the association. John sits on the recently formed Project Data Advisory Group within APM, and he explained why the group was set up and its key objectives for the future. He also spoke about how project managers can begin to make a difference within their organisation today by collaborating with like-minded individuals on initiatives around project data. So, John, how did you get involved in project data advisory work? Well, it's been a passion of mine for some time. The digital transformation which is going on in the world of project delivery I think is so important, so enabling, and a real opportunity for the profession. So it's something I'm really interested in. Tell us a bit about the origins of APM's Project Data Advisory Group. So we recognise as a board of trustees how important the digital transformation uh, world is, is, is going to be for the project delivery profession. So we set up um, a project data advisory group um, chaired by uh, a representative from APM and I was fortunate enough to be able to chair this group but we draw on the skills and knowledge uh, of a wide group of, um, of, of people uh, and organizations so for instance we have on the data advisory group leading academics the likes of Naomi Brooks from Warwick uh, we've got representation from government. So uh, Nick Smallwood, who's the chief exec of the Infrastructure and Projects Authority, 
you know, that's the part of government which is driving the major portfolio of projects and programs um, for uh, for the government. We've got leading industries. So um, Sir Robert McAlpine, Network Rail, Atkins is obviously represented. Um, research institutions um, like UK Research and Innovation. Uh, we also have SMEs, the likes of Martin Paver and his organization are part of that. We have other professional bodies, major projects associations. So we've got a wide range of um, of, of knowledge and uh, organizations that represent different parts of the profession. What are some of the group's objectives? So our purpose is really to raise awareness on the use of data and analytics, share knowledge, uh, improve data literacy and data, the, the core data is a real challenge, I think, uh, for uh, for the profession to really leverage the benefit of all the data we've got. So improve data literacy, we sponsor research, um, and we're working with partners to set standards for the profession with the ultimate aim of improving project outcomes. You know, We want to make a difference uh, uh, over time in the way that data is used and deployed in order to improve overall project outcomes. Are there any events or publications that listeners should look out for? We've already uh, published some papers. They're available on the uh, APM uh, website. There's a specific area that you can go to. Just search project data analytics and it will uh, it will point you in, into the right place. Um, we've got other research which is being sponsored at the moment. Um, we're looking uh, to develop a paper uh, which we're working on at the moment, which is about getting started with data analytics. Um, uh, so there is quite a lot going on uh, already in this space. We're also uh, expecting to be able to get a slot at the APM annual conference. Uh, so please look out for that. Um, that will be uh, advertised, I'm sure, in the coming weeks uh, as, we, as we look forward. So how can project data analytics help improve project outcomes? So I think... You know, if you just had to step back and say, well, what's the benefit of doing this? You know, um, without a doubt, it's about improved decision making. So people who have to make decisions about when thing, you know, how projects are delivered, it will give them improved um, access to information about how that project is today um, and will enable better decisions to be made overall you know things like um assessing project risks forecasting completion dates these are all things which uh data analytics will enable over time you know people to make improved decisions and in your view what are some of the challenges around improving data literacy well um you know if you think back we've been collecting data on projects for many many years you know when i started out um, uh, and I won't say when, but it was a long time ago now. Um, we've been collecting data uh, for a long time. And I, I think back to some of those uh, early days where we introduced own value management and we were calculating, you know, schedule performance indices, um, cost performance indices. You know, that data existed for the life of that project. What we've been incredibly poor at is being able to 
capture that data and be able to benefit the next project that's coming along. So being able to uh, compare and contrast reference class data for particular types of project. And I think that's where we really want to be able to uh, set some standards, you know, make some progress for organizations uh, that are involved in delivering projects at scale um, with multiple clients uh, in multiple locations, you know, to benefit the, the, the delivery of those projects. Have you got any advice for project professionals who want to use project data more effectively but aren't sure where to start? Yes, so I think um, you can start within your own organizations because, you know, uh, I think it's going to be much easier for organizations to share what is, at the end of the day, sensitive project data between other parts of the organization, perhaps than trying to share it between organizations. And there's a great two by two matrix that um, has been uh, published, which sets out the differences between uh, you know uh, between data which is you know internal to an organization and that which is external. So start you know with a community of like-minded people, perhaps setting out some really uh, clear uh, reference points about data that you want to collect that is important to you, important to your organization and important to make sure that you're going to be delivering those projects successfully and repeatedly um, uh, and start to collect that data because it's going to be useful. It's going to be useful to you, useful to your organization as the tools become available and the tools come on stream to be able to uh, not only uh, analyze the data which has already been um, used for project delivery, but then we can build on that for predictive analytics, which will then start to provide more information and lead to this improved decision making for projects. So start small, start with like minded people, start working together in your own organizations to do that. And to support that, APM will be setting standards um, for the sorts of data in the form of a kind of minimal viable product of the sorts of data points that you want to be collecting. Projects generate a huge quantity of data, but how can project professionals ensure the data they collect is relevant and of a high quality? Well, I think it is just, I think the, the key tip for me would just minimize what you have to collect, okay? I think, as you said, it's so easy to collect data these days that, that loads of it is collected, but not necessarily looked at, or indeed even used in making decisions on projects. Um, and so, I think you need to focus that list down. As I said, you know, look at the minimal viable product that you need in your organization to ensure that you're successful and regularly, routinely collect that information, use it for your own analytical purposes, but then be able to share that between different projects and different business units in order to be able to uh, start developing a reference class set for you which you can then use to measure your performance against the likes of other projects, which is which are going on. How do you foresee the project manager's role evolving? I think there's going to be far less time spent by project professionals uh, collecting, uh, entering, um, you know, compiling standard routine, weekly, monthly 
data sets that are then used in, in project reviews. I think a lot of that will be automated um, as we look forward in the next sort of 12, 24, 36 months. Um, there'll be a high degree of automation in that data collection and, and analysis. Uh, there's tools out there already, such as ClickView, Power BI, which are great for um, presenting uh, descriptive analytics uh, today. Um, so I think the, the, the PM's role, the project professional's role is going to change uh, and they, they will have more time to do that uh, reflective review of the information which they're being presented with, but they'll also have more time to work on, you know, the essential human elements of project delivery. Which sectors do you think are leading the charge in their use of project data? Well, I think there's been a lot of work done in the uh, oil and gas sector on this. I think they're probably ahead of most sectors. Uh, I think uh, construction, transportation uh, need to do a lot to catch up. Uh, it's starting to happen. So, and I think there's great opportunities. You know, I think what you'll see is, you know, is, is certainly is construction infrastructure taking some of this on board and really looking at the best way to deliver uh, complex infrastructure projects going forward. Finally, I spoke with Martin Paver, Chief Executive of Projecting Success, which had been working in the area of project data analytics since around 2017. Prior to that, he was a project lead and PMO lead for multi-billion dollar projects. His experience in industry made him realise there is a need to change the way we deliver projects, which led him into the area of project data analytics. Martin is also founder of the Project Data Analytics community, which runs free events, including masterclasses, twice a month. Thanks for joining us, Martin. To start off, what are the origins of this term, project data analytics? We coined the term back in 2017 when we set up the Project Data Analytics Meetup. And for me, some people were using artificial intelligence, some people would just talk about dashboards and visualizations, etc. And there was no term which really encompassed everything. So a colleague of mine called Mark Wilcock was working on the London Business Data Analytics Meetup. So we said, let's call it Project Data Analytics. And it seemed to capture everything um, that we're looking to encompass, basically. Uh, some people use the term sort of artificial intelligence, and artificial intelligence is very narrow in its definition. What we're talking about is something far more encompassing. It's from dashboards all the way through to uh, machine learning. And there's two components to it. The first component is about leveraging our collective experience to improve delivery performance. And that's about developing these superpowers where we can start to predict the future and we can start to sort of analyze variance and start to uh, preempt that variance. And the second part of it, and this is what some people are missing out at the moment, is working more efficiently. So it's doing more with less. And that's largely about things like automation, for instance, um, uh, Python scripts and things like that. And we can use that to remove the burden of repetitive work and move people, especially project professionals, up the value chain. How will the project manager's role change with the greater implementation of these data-related disciplines? 
I think we've got to look at the full project team's role. So it's not just the project manager, it's looking at the supply chain as well and going up to the client. So it's a full integrated ecosystem that we need to be thinking about. Now, um, it's down to the sort of project you're working on or the program you're working on. So if you think about a transformation program versus a construction project, in a construction project, I'm looking at data um, on the people needed for that project so I can plan it out. I've got to understand if they're available. And at different times of year, I've got different availabilities because of different illnesses, for instance, or people are struggling to get into work or COVID, all those sort of things. I've got to look at things like the reliability of my logistics. Is key material stuck at the border in France because we can't get it over because of Brexit, etc. And I can start to understand which of those activities are more predisposed to variance and why. On a transformation project, it's much more about the culture, uh, surveys about the uh, transformation in terms of is it reaching the parts of the organisation that you need it to? And what is my performance in terms of delivering those planned outcomes? It's a different beast. It's a different set of data. And the way you interact with that data is very, very different. You've written about data pooling in contrast to data sharing between organisations. Could you explain what you mean by that? I don't personally like the term data sharing because that implies that we all put the data out there and can see everything. And I think it's more about data pooling. So if you think about pooling data instead of sharing it, I think it takes us to where we need to be because we can then start to take account of commercial sensitivities with that data. So we've been working for the last three years now on the concept of data trust. And we're working with people like Sir McAlpine and Mace and the Open Data Institute and lots of other people on a construction data trust. And the principle of that is it's a membership owned trust. So if you want to get involved in it, you become a member of the trust and you define the rules of the operation of that trust. So if you put some data in, say you put a lot of scheduled data in, you probably don't want to share that data with your competition, but you would give it to a third party who's developing an app, and that app is going to save you 5% of future variance, for instance. What you might want to do as well is to give that data to a research organisation. In terms of a data trust concept, um, it means we can then start to work up the uh, data volumes so we can then start to do these really top-end services. And what it also does is if we can start to work together on some of the problem statements in project delivery, we can then look at the data model which is required to underpin the, those problem statements and we can look at data access uh, data volumes and data quality and at the moment there's a big big mismatch between what we want to achieve in the future so if we start to think like a bottom we start to predict variance in the future and the data we've currently got today so if we can flesh that out we can all start to build up our uh, data in terms of its quality completeness uh, the things like data volumes end-to-end -end through the supply chain etc we'll all get to this sort of nirvana a lot, lot quicker. Is a shift in mindset required before data pooling by organisations becomes the norm? Uh, definitely. And I think there's two parts to this. The first part is to uh, sort of develop the case for change. 
So what's in it for me if I start to pull my data? And we're working on that now, working with the members of the Data Trust, and we're rolling that out. And we've got about 80 different organisations who's expressed an interest in working on the Construction Data Trust. And we've been talking to the Oil and Gas Authority as well about getting one going there, etc. And I think the second point of it is, if it's client driven, so if you're a client and you're paying for a hospital and you're in a trust somewhere and you're paying for a hospital, you only want one hospital because um, you're the trust for Salisbury, for instance. If you look at the NHS and it's building 40 hospitals, is you now want to start to leverage that data. So on your 40th hospital, which you build, it's taking account of all of those previous hospitals in terms of risks, uh, supply chain problems, integration problems, engineering problems, etc. And it's a bit about lean engineering, really. It just means we get better and better and better and better at developing these hospitals. So the final one costs a lot less than the previous one, and you've got a lot more sort of delivery certainty as well. So I think if it starts to be client driven and think about motorways as well. So if you think about highways in Glint and they're developing lots and lots of different motorways and, and things like smart motorways as well, the A303, for instance. If we can say, let's leverage all the data from the A14 and start to apply that to the A303 or the lower Thames crossing, it starts to give us an insight now into what's likely to go wrong, where we can shave a bit of time off where we can improve the contracting arrangements etc what kind of training do you think project professionals need around data we do these surveys through mentimeter on a regular basis through the project data analytics community and the top thing that always comes up is a lack of skills and that's a lack of skills at a practitioner level and a sort of lack of skills and knowledge and experience at a leadership level so leadership don't know what you can do they don't know how difficult it is and they don't understand the art of the possible with their data. At a practitioner level, our project professionals just don't possess the skills. One example of this is I went along to the submarines team in the MOD and talked to them about uh, project data analytics. And the project controls guy said to me, well, we do project controls, we don't do data. And for me, everything about project data analytics and data inside of projects is all about driving a project controls up the value chain. So in terms of shaping that education, I think the first step is to bring awareness of the art of the possible. And what we've tried to do, and there's no coincidence that everything we've done as an organization working on the community, we're aiming at this problem statement. So the first problem is about awareness. So we run these community events and we do those in collaboration with the APM. And these community events are just showing people the art of the possible. And we tell stories about case studies. And we also do things on masterclasses so people can start to understand the best way of getting into some of these capabilities. Do you think there needs to be a radical overhaul of the way organisations think about data rather than small incremental change? So through the Project Data Analytics Task Force, right? so we set that up last year. We had a kickoff meeting in September and we launched the white paper. And that white paper is looking for a tenfold improvement in project delivery performance. If we're looking for such a big number, 
we can't just do that by bolting on a new piece of software. It needs a radical rethink about the end-to-end -end project delivery processes. Finally, what does the future hold? How might projects be run differently in, say, 30 years? If I look 30 years from now, I think a big chunk of project delivery will be automated. So a lot of the process stuff we do today, uh, predicting risk and things like that, will start to become um, uh, pretty automated. Now, where we'll then start to be is, is you want a project professional at the top, working with all these people with superpowers, who's trying to predict what's going to go wrong and trying to deliver a lot more with less, with greater delivery uh, confidence. If we can get to that point, that's when it's a completely different skill set for all of these project professionals. So I think we'll move away from the process focused type jobs and looking at the body of knowledge and move away from process driven bodies of knowledge into more about data driven insights from all of that experience which has gone before. And what we do with the body of knowledge is we codify that experience and write it down in a book. And projects are very, very complex things. Um, and what we need to do is to go back into that data. Um, and we don't need to roll it up into that experience of a body of knowledge. We can work in the complexity of the data. So for me, I would see projects being a lot leaner in the future. You'll have smaller teams working on them, They're a lot more automated in terms of the end-to-end -end processes. Um, and you'll have some really high caliber people working on them. And if I had a right-hand person today as a project lead, I'd want somebody who's going to get inside of this data um, and tell me what the future looks like. I don't want somebody who's reporting to me what happened last week and what happened the week before. I should know that from my systems in real time. Um, and I now want to know what's going to go wrong next. So I think it's a very, very different future. Thanks again to all our interviewees and to you for listening to this episode. In terms of further reading, head to the resources section of apm.org.uk to read Naomi's Pathfinder paper on project data analytics. To get involved in the project data analytics community, head to projectdataanalytics.uk. For more from APM's project data advisory group, keep an eye on apm.org.uk. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.